0: Mm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America Podcast, still the number one, undisputed, uncontested Formula One podcast for the American fan by the American fan. We're your hosts. I'm Kurt. That's Dylan, and today we're going to talk about all of the craziness that has happened in this past week. All of the the musical chairs going on within Formula One, which by itself isn't anything out of the ordinary, but This week it's been a little bit special because it's not the normal players that you would see moving around during the off season. Dylan, this has been a a wild week.
1: The Instagram feed just blows up with F one breaking, F one breaking, F one (laughs) breaking. Oh my gosh, what is going on over (laughs)
0: there? It's just back to back to back. So it's it's crazy that you know, normally during an off season you have a lot of changes going on, a lot of driver changes. But it's like this week. I wouldn't it's like even say all... there's usually
1: that many driver changes. I think that the lineup has for the past three years been set by the end of the season. Like Yeah. But it's mean, really you... kind of Yeah, it's boring. It's boring. Usually you hear more about like tracks getting on and off the track or on and off the calendar and anything. You don't generally have these I mean, maybe one or two moves, but this week has all been right. Insanity on the moons. So moons. what I
0: think happened, I, I think that all the the team leadership and management got together, and they were like, you know what, I'm, we're tired of these drivers always making the headlines. It's like we're going to do something for ourselves this time. We're going to play musical <laughs> chairs this time because it was wild. Man. It's like once the Ferrari announcement came out, it was just like a trickle effect after
1: that. Yeah, and it, it's I wonder how long it's been in the works. Is Ferrari fired Matteo Bonato a week after Abu Dhabi, and everyone saw that coming from? miles away. Yep. Um, but
0: so Ferrari I, I, didn't... I read in a pretty interesting article that um, kind of alluded to the fact that Ferrari had been hinting around at replacing Bonato since late last year, 2021. Yeah. Which, you know, if so, I mean, you could see back then, you know, they're still making some bonehead calls. Um, yeah. So maybe that was like, you know, the last straw this year and they finally got rid of him.
1: Yeah. It, it's, been super interesting. We all saw that he needed to go. is pretty clear. I mean, he wasn't even at, at, like, the last three races. He had some other guys sitting in for him. Um, you know, I think we saw that come in, but Ferrari said they weren't going to announce anyone until next year. So I wonder if the fast announcement coming out, like, just kicked everything into gear.
0: I, I think so. There's some pretty interesting stuff that I found out about some of the other ones as far as timeline goes that we'll get into um, but how about this? Let's just let's start and talk about all of the movements as a whole, and then let's break down each one individually and the potential ramifications that each one brings
1: along with it. Yeah, absolutely, because it's just a domino effect going down, starting with Ferrari. All right, so starting with that, what do, what do we got? What happened there? All right, so Matteo Benato, uh, team principal, left, got fired one week after Abu Dhabi, like we said. And then they brought in Fred Vasseur, who was Alfa Romeo slash Sauber's, team principal. Um, that was, you know, I think people kind of saw that come in. It was definitely hinted at, and he was a good fit for it, but again, you know, I don't think, I don't know if Alfa Romeo was expecting to lose their team principal quite as fast, when Ferrari said they weren't going to announce anything until next year. So, Vaseer goes out the door, leaving Alfa Romeo slash Sauber uh, hanging in the wind. So, up steps uh, Andrei, Andreas Seidel, who was mclaren's team principal and that was i think a big move i don't think mclaren was really wanting that to happen he they had him for like long-term planning bring them back around like that's definitely making some waves he's got some pass with sauber slash audi though as well so now mclaren was flapping in the wind with no team principal so they uh they promoted from within though they brought andrea stella who was Seidel's number two if you will he was a technical director it was you know they so they promoted it from within and that kind of left that kind of ended the daisy chain happening and then Yost capitan yos capito left williams just he he up and was like deuces i'm out and so williams still has nobody to replace them
0: yeah so that that's you know there's a, a lot that happened there and it was it's crazy to see like Whenever one movement is announced and the trickle effect that comes with that, even yeah. like with drivers, like this year when it was, uh, um, Seb announced his retirement and then Alonso announced he was moving and then it's just like bam, 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 right? You know, one after another. Yep. Um, but so Ferrari, that's kind of a big one right there. You know, Mattia Bonato had been to that team since 1995, basically worked his way up from, you know, almost a mechanic essentially and it, up into the team principal. It, that's pretty wild to me. But that another thing about that, though, is like Ferrari
1: team principal has got to be one of the hardest jobs in all of Formula One. Yeah, there's so much weight on your shoulders. I mean, Ferrari owns like one third of the FIA, doesn't it? Like, it, it, it's, I mean, it,
0: Stefano Domenicali is what? He's the, the president, I think, of the FIA, mm-hmm. or he's running the show right now, former Ferrari team principal.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when you go up then, onto the podiums at the end of the race, all the podiums have Ferrari across it. Like, you're, <laughs> Ferrari is the face of Formula One. Like, to be sitting in that chair, right. that's some... Not to mention, I mean, to be a Ferrari fan is to be called Tifosi, which means the faithful. Like, it's... <laughs> there's a lot riding in that seat. You've got a, you've got a lot of people yeah. watching.
0: I was listening to an interview with Total Wolf, uh, earlier this week, and he was saying basically like, I, I think the way he worded it was the Italian media and the Italian people will write you up, but they will also write you down. Basically, alluding to the yeah. fact that like, you're more than a team principal; like, you are leading almost the Italian nation to to an extent, you know? Right? Yeah. And especially with the media, like, if you're doing good, you're going to be a hero. But the minute the success starts to go away, then all of a sudden you're like public enemy number one in Italy. And so I think that's one of those positions that comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, so we yeah, got absolutely,
1: all... and that's hard when you're trying to do a rebuild year. When you're trying like, there, there's so many much um, optics you have to play into to like tell the you know the crowd, hey, don't fire me this year. I've got a five year plan, right? <laughs> like it's we got to get to years two and three. Don't fire <laughs> me in year one. Come on, <laughs> like, um, you know, it, it's. It'd be like someone trying to fill the shoes of Nick Saban, right? Like you just have this huge, so many people watching, and, and it goes fast. I mean, UT, University of Texas football, same way. I mean, I don't think we've had a uh, a uh, head coach that lasted more than like three years in the past decade since Mac Brown was there. Like you yep. get a couple of years, and then Texas just turns on you, and you're out. Like,
0: Hey, you know, I'm a Florida State fan. Ever since Bobby Bowden left, actually after Bobby Bowden um we had, uh, oh damn! I can't remember oh, his name We're right on now. On the
1: spot, you're gonna bring it up. I know, right? You put me
0: down. <laughs> Anyways, so we've had a string of coaches as well. But uh, so going into Ferrari, we've got the Frenchman, Frederic Vasseur, or however you say it. Fred and, uh, so he's actually got a. Mister Vasseur has actually a pretty like long and storied history as far as you know in racing. Um, he had a good resume, you know, good the,
1: good uh, reputation.
0: Yeah, he was the the former team principal for Renault for a year, um, and then apparently he left there in 2016. He did the one season and then had some irreconcilable differences with Cyril Viterbo. <laughs> <beat the ball. laughs> <laughs> he said he, they had some difficult or some differences in opinion on the way the team should be run, so he resigned from there. And then after that went to Sauber where he was CEO and managing director and also, by the way, team principal. Um, yeah. So I think that's a, a huge loss for them. Um, huge
1: loss. And I think it's important on the other side, um, you know, Matteo Bonanno, there's been a lot of politics played on the Ferrari side of who's been team principal. And this is Vasseur coming over is the first time that the chairman and CEO of Ferrari have um, given their support to the team principal. It wasn't a power play to bring Matteo Bonato in like it, like when he came in. Like this is the first one that he's got a lot of support, and this is the first outside hire in over fifteen years for Ferrari.
0: That that's pretty crazy. Yeah, they do. They're they're very Italian heavy. Like yes, it's, it's surprising almost to see that they hired a Frenchman as their team principal. But it's almost yeah, like Frenchman. We've tried this not, for not so long and it an hasn't outsider. been working.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that's got to say something about what's happening at Ferrari right now. They're hiring a Frenchman to come in. Like, there's got yeah. to be some sad faces they, over they there.
0: They see, oh, for sure. But they also see, like, what they've been doing has not been working. Um, but one thing that's pretty interesting about this move, right, is you look at Fred Vasseur, his uh, ties to Charles Leclerc. So he actually started, and I'm talking about Vasseur here, he actually formed the Art's. Uh, racing teams, I think it's like the Asia Racing Team or whatever, and they did uh, GP3, uh, GP2 stuff like that. And Charles Leclerc raced for them and won the GP3 championship for them in 2016. And then you know, fast forward Whoa. to Alfa Romeo Sauber, and that's when Charles Leclerc came into Formula One. So he was very instrumental in basically like cultivating Sh- Charles Leclerc's career and, pr- and then bringing him to Formula One as well. So they've got a history. So now, you know, yeah. he's going to to Ferrari. I mean, potentially, you know, that might be pretty good for Charlotte Claire. You know, I don't know if you're going to come in day one and be like, hey, Charles, he's our guy. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that he's the number one driver. Yeah. Um, but I, I still would be kind of surprised if he came in and, like, you know, be like, hey, everything goes to Charlotte Claire." But I, I think it's good for him that he has that tie to
1: him. Yeah, absolutely. That's got to help with confidence in the team. You know, we talked about it last week when – when your team engineers are calling down to the driver for uh, for what he thinks that they should do for strategy, like that's that that's got to shake your confidence in your whole team really hard. I think yeah. more than anything, it's probably a good confidence boost for Leclerc. Oh, for sure.
0: All right, so Frederick Visser obviously came from Alfa Romeo Sauber, um, and replacing him—well, not really replacing him, but coming in there. Is Andreas Seidel. Now, I think it's also worth noting that Alfa Romeo is kind of, or Salber, and we use those interchangeably. For people that haven't been around a lot, Salber is the actual like racing team. Alfa Romeo is the title sponsor, basically. Alfa Romeo's yep. leaving, and Audi's coming in in 2026 as a new mm-hmm. title sponsor for that team. Um, so they're going through a lot of changes right now, and Audi's already made some pretty big promises. Like they're already saying they're going to come engines. in new engines. Yep. Essentially, like they're saying, they're going to come in and wreak havoc in Formula One. Um, so they're making a lot of changes, and actually, one of the reasons, one of the speculations that Fred Vasseur was so eager to maybe move on to Ferrari is like he saw that there's a lot of changes coming down the line, and Audi would most likely want to instill their own person in that position. Um so I think it's for, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a regime change. Um, so now but they that's got kind of what Seidel they did with Seidel. In.
1: I mean, Seidel mean? has been. A- Seidel's been a part of Salver before. He's been a part of Audi. Yeah. He's helped with those programs. I mean, they kind of just got their their inside hire um, through it, you know years ahead of time. Like they were going to yeah. definitely do a regime change and bring a guy in when they took over. Well, they just brought a guy in now four four years before takeover.
0: Like exactly. And so the interesting thing about that with Seidel is I, I was reading through, like, his history and his contracts, uh, specifically with McLaren. Apparently his contract wasn't set to expire until 2025. And so he had apparently been talking with Zach and was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be moving over to Audi. So that's not been the secret. But then once all these moves started happening, all of a sudden it's like, hey, remember where I was going to wait out my contract? He's like, well, actually, I, I'm going to leave now. Um, so How he, much do you think did that buyout leave. was? Oof. I don't know. Uh, they they just bought out Danny. Now they had to buy out another one. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So, Andreas Seidel, McLaren team principal, and uh, now he's moving over to the Sauber CEO. Um, still leaving a hole there for who's going to be the new team principal of Sauber. Yep. So, a lot of speculation on that one. I've actually heard people uh, throwing Yos Capito's name in there. Um but
1: we'll get to I that. that but as we were talking him, about before, like he came out of retirement for Williams. Like I don't know right. if he wants to be team boss now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's done. I don't think he's gonna do that. But we'll see. It hasn't been announced yet. There's still, you know, a little bit of time. I think that they want to get somebody in that position fairly sh- soon, though. So hopefully, you know, probably by early January we should know something for sure. Um, so yeah, so interesting thing with Andreas Seidel, though is he's actually a former team principal for the World Endurance Championships with Porsche and they won multiple championships there uh, Le Mans Championships so he's proven maybe not so much in the Formula 1 world he was only at uh, McLaren for what three years I think 2019 he came over Um. But, you know, he's does. he got race experience, and he's a proven race winner. So I think that's pretty exciting. And to see whoever he brings on as the team principal will be pretty fun to watch, too.
1: And you saw, like, what he was doing with McLaren last year. I mean, they were going from a run-of-the-mill mid-team pack to, like, moving up. They started competing with, you know, they weren't a top-three team by any means, but they were best of the rest probably. And then this year definitely, like, Mm -hmm. kind of took a step backwards. But Seidel had long-term plans. Um, to improve that team back to a championship contender, and I think that I think you can kind of see that in the fact that the McLaren, um, McLaren, uh, blah, McLaren <laughs> CEO Zach Brown hired, you know, within he basically hired Seidel's right hand man and brought him up to continue to run the same exact you know plan. So I think that says a lot for who Seidel is, what his long term visions are, and mm-hmm. uh, what kind of team principal he is. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was pretty interesting that they hired from within and basically somebody that maybe kind of like his protege. Yeah. Who on that, Andrea Stella, very similarly named to Andrea yes. Seidel. <laughs> so that guy, I, somebody that I didn't know much about until I started reading into it. And I found out some pretty interesting stuff. Do you know that he was actually at Ferrari for 15 years and he was the race engineer for both Kimi Raikkonen and Fernando Alonso?
1: Whoa! No, I did not know which, that. Some,
0: which to me is you know pretty pretty crazy. And then you know fifteen I mean, being years being I came over,
1: being Kimi Räikkönen's <laughs> team engineer is not much. Kimmy just tells you to shut up and let he knows what to do.
0: Is <laughs> just sit there and be silent. <laughs> Leave me alone. I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, um, I had no idea. So, yeah, so a, he can't. Yeah, he came over to, to McLaren in 2015 as the head of race uh, operations, and then you know basically worked his way up, performance director, and then director of uh, uh, racing director after that, and now he's moving on up to uh, to team principal, which is interesting. Um, but man, I gotta say, if I'm short, or if I'm uh, Lando Norris right now, I might be kind of nervous. I don't know. Yep.
1: They talked about that because they got Lando Norris to sign that, what, five year contract with McLaren. And they talked about how Seidel yeah. was a huge part of that. That because Seidel was going to be with the team for so long, that gave Lando the confidence to sign that long contract. Now, mm-hmm. I wonder if you're, you know, and this is F1. Like, people get bought out and moved all the time. You know, the length of contract is almost a joke anyway. It's just a way to make more money if you leave early buying it out. But, um, you know i don't know if he's nervous or not it's kind of a interesting i don't know man i th- i think you kind of have
0: to be like the way i'm looking at it is lando norris is he's a good driver he needs a car under him that can get him to the top and i think that you know for a little bit there there's this promise that mclaren is going to become that car but now with so much instability in the team like he's probably looking at it like well if andreas left the team like is he seeing something that maybe i don't see and then, you know, once this contract is over, if McLaren's not able to give him a car that is capable of winning races, I'm I'm thinking he's out for sure, and, which out is gonna going to be interesting. Where? Out
1: but, but going I, where? It,
0: exactly, because if you look at the time frame, I think it's 2025 as his contract is up. Like, you've got potentially uh, Sergio Perez. Yeah, and, and you look at the other people that are going to be moving, you got potentially Sergio Perez. I mean, what if Lewis Hamilton retires, like moving to Mercedes? Maybe what is, what does Audi do? Is Audi going to drop a fat check in front of him and and bring him over there? You know, back with Andreas Seidel again. So he's got a lot a lot to think about. And I think that McLaren really needs to get their act together if they want to keep Lando, because it seems like they're trying to build the team around Lando. But yeah, you know, without that car, he's not going to stay.
1: And Lando's young too. I mean, he yeah. looks young for one. He looks like he's fourteen. <laughs> it's really hard to see an F one driver in him with how young he looks. But he's yep. also just actually young to have to be a, the senior driver um, and building a team around someone at that age. That's you know, he's never even won a race. Yeah, It's come close. Come Oh uh,
0: Sochi! I'll never forget that Sochi race. You remember that one in the Bad rain? Bad tire choice. Sorry, oh the rain God. on
1: that back corner.
0: It was heartbreaking when he spun out and then you see Lewis Hamilton come in and he's like I got to come in boys. I was like
1: oh yeah, no. Just defeated. Oh man,
0: you were almost there. All oh, yeah. right, so beyond that, Yost Capito. and he cuz he didn't leave by himself either. He brought he took in the technical director was, with him. What's that guy's name? It's like FX it was or a long, something.
1: It was yeah, it was a long one. I didn't write it down. <laughs> Yeah, I was so hoping he, you weren't so, going to ask. I was just going to say the technical <laughs> director. I'm not going to remember that name.
0: <laughs> so it's interesting that they both left left at the same time, and I'm kind of curious what's going on there because nothing's been announced yet. Nothing. It's like, it's like Dalton Capital is like, so well, I think they said, we'll announce it in due course or something like that. And it's like, well, you don't have a leader right now.
1: Yeah, and your team's last – Got like what eight points total last season? Like not a great time. You've got two young drivers. You've got like man, it is. And that might have been why Yost was like, "Dude, peace. I'm out. Like this, this is for the birds. I'm not coming back out of retirement for to be last place constantly." Like
0: he's like, "I'm supposed to be sitting on a beach right now, not you know picking up the pieces,
1: and the pieces keep falling out just." <laughs> yeah, that's it's definitely not a good sign for Williams. Uh if uh who is it, DeVries that signed with Williams? No, it was um
0: No Sergeant.
1: Sergeant, Logan Sergeant. If you're Logan Sergeant, you're coming in, you're ecstatic, you're gonna be in F one and then all of this is happening and you're with Williams, <laughs> you've just gotta be like <sighs> well, At least I'm in F one. At least I'm in F one. I'll be competing nineteenth place every time.
0: Well, like, like we talked about before, if you're in a team like that, you're not fighting for wins, but you need to be fighting against your teammate. Like as long as yeah. you're consistently outperforming your teammate, kind of like George Russell did, then you know you look kinda what like happened Kevin to Kevin Magnuson did out. over
1: Mick this year. Yeah, and look at Mick. Oh, yep. speaking of Mick, that's some, of one Mick. of the
0: other, the only driver move that we've had this week.
1: Do you like that Mick segue? Schumacher. I kind of just teed that up for you perfectly. That was beautiful. Just. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we got Mick Schumacher signing on as the Mercedes Reserve driver, which, to me, I think is an awesome move. Probably better awesome. than racing for Haas, in my yep. opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you could have asked for a better move under the tutelage of Toto, Lewis. I mean, I don't... I don't. Mm-hmm. George is probably schoolboy enough to play really nice with him and just kind of say mean things behind his back occasionally, but... Um, you know i think the other side of that Mick's the competitor but mick also just strikes me as like an incredibly genuine nice person yep um so i think if you're george russell you still have that absolute drive that fight that want to compete against lewis hamilton and do all of that but it's probably i don't think george is going to feel like sergio with danny rick sitting behind him like i'm sure you know you've got a little bit less worry if Mick Schumacher's sitting behind you because I don't think... Mick Schumacher's not the honey badger. He's, right, he's right. not going to be poisoning your water to get you to sit out so you get the <laughs>
0: car. But <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you look at some of the other reserve drivers, you know, specifically Nick DeVries, right? Like, he was a Mercedes reserve driver, and now he's got a full-time seat. Yep. So I think that, you know, you're definitely going to sit there. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to get to, you know, really get ingrained with a very good team. Um, Williams, I mean, Mercedes, they've already kind of shown their loyalty, like with with George Russell and all that. So, I mean, with potentially, yeah, exactly. So, potentially, if he gets in there and makes a good impression and starts actually learning some things and, and, you know, getting some good takeaways, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You might see him, you know, if not in a Mercedes car, maybe in one of the, you know, other midfield teams here in the next few years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good move for Mick. I think it's a mature move, um, although I don't think he had much of a choice. But uh, I think it's a good move for Mercedes. I think Mick is, you know, he was showing some problems, some constant uh, uh, forward movement. I mean, the name Schumacher, you know, Michael Schumacher was with Mercedes from 2010 to 2012. Like, um, I think that it's just good PR. I think it's a good move. I think Mm -hmm. it's strategic. Um all around. I am very interested to see, you know, Mick was in a Haas, which is just, you know, it's one of the back of the pack cars. It has been for the past few years. I'd be really interested to see Mick get a drive in that Mercedes and how much higher up the list he scores just based on car performance. Yeah. Like when you don't have an incredibly unstable. Haas car underneath you that spins out if the wind turns five degrees. Like, does he does he improve greatly? I, I mean, I'd imagine so. It's a much better car, but it'll be interesting to yeah. see.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely interested, interested to see how this works out. Hopefully, he'll get some good FP1 drives and maybe some, some good testing. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. All right, so that's all of our movements for this week. Pretty crazy. Normally, you don't see that much, especially from the team leadership. Um, yeah, never that but, much from
1: team Principles I feel
0: no, not at all. So I'm excited to see you know what happens from here. I think that you know most people are probably locked in now, um, and now we just got to get into the car launches, which I saw today that Alpha. Or I'm sorry, uh, Aston Martin has already announced their car launch date. Um, so interested to see how these cars are, and once we get to practice finally or yeah. um, testing to see, you know, kind of how the order shakes out there. That'll be pretty interesting to see. uh,
1: All the cars are being launched into February, right? Like February 23rd through the 27th-ish, somewhere in there?
0: I'm not actually sure. As far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure only Aston Martin has announced it.
1: Shouldn't be too drastic of changes. We'll do a a podcast on, like, the technical changes from 22 to 23, but unless you can eyeball millimeter differences in floorboards and whatnot going to look largely like the same car
0: yep yeah so we've got aston martin announces theirs on february 13th the amr 23 which still man i I told you when we were at that mexico race that to me is like one of the most most beautiful cars i just love the color on that car
1: yeah it it was it's it's not my favorite color I mean like it looked a lot better in person than it did on the TV it's very glossy it, it wasn't my favorite though
0: oh I liked it and I like the testing the post uh, season testing when they stripped it down with all the all the stickers and everything off of it
1: yeah gorgeous yeah I was always impressed I, I mean the red Bulls a pretty car but when you see that flat that matte coloring in person it's mm. I think the red Bulls a hard hard one to compete with on looks especially the way that orange pops against that. Yes. Although that black Mercedes. That one was still one of my
0: favorites. So beautiful.
1: That car was sexy. They should have stuck with that All one. All right. I like well, it way
0: better than the silver one.
1: Yeah, but everyone complained about how hot it was. <laughs> I yeah, but the, it looks cool. It looked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you always got to look cool first. There you um, go. You can still wear your white suit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we got a couple more as, as – uh, Team bosses get announced as Williams sorts their stuff out. We'll definitely do episodes on those and what they mean, who's moving there. Keep everyone up to date on that stuff. Um, got more podcasts coming up, technical changes, tracks for 2023, what's what's going to happen. So uh, stay tuned.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this one. And look for us on the next one.
1: Absolutely. Hit that like, and subscribe button, comment, hey, there you tag go. your friends, start sharing.
0: Good job.